you're listening to the podcast version of our video series, Unmuted, the place where we talk to industry leaders in the marketing and events world, all about the best tips and advice on how you can run better online events. In this episode, our head of marketing, Jack, is chatting with the positively lovely Joe Glover from the Marketing Meetup, who is sharing his best tips and advice on running an online event series. Great to have you on, Joe. Thank you for asking me, mate. It's real, it's a real pleasure to to be here, and I hope that we can help some people out. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's your turn on the other side of the webinar coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go yeah. with that. Let's <laughs> roll <wrong> with that. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, it'd be great to do a kind of a, a quick intro um, to the people who, who maybe aren't part of the market and meetup community or, or and don't know quite how it's gone this past what 13 14 months if you could give us like a, a little bit of an intro and then we can dive into some of the questions that we've that we've collected of course uh, so the marketing meetup is a community for marketers we provide a safe place where people can come together to connect to learn and most importantly do it with kindness um, the marketing meetup started as a as a as a solution to a niche that I needed to scratch for myself which was to be provided with a space where I could feel comfortable to be myself and not be treated necessarily as a job title or a budget but as a human being. Um, for the first four years of the marketing meetup then we did the majority of our stuff in person so we started in Cambridge, started in a canteen in Cambridge with a, a buffet in a, in, a, in a software company's canteen, two speakers networking before and afterwards and thus the model continued. Um, the model stopped working in the COVID world. Uh, we'd had scheduled 140 events for 2020, uh, but then COVID put that to put that to pace. So we had to switch up the model and head to webinars. Over the last 13, 14 months, as you say, uh, we've been building up a community based around events, based around webinars, as a safe place where people can come together, but albeit virtually. Um, we've been lucky that in the first instance we gained an incredible sense of momentum that the the guests that we get got coming along uh, the names were insane and really took us to a whole new level straight away in terms of the content but I think then also the community went to a whole new level as well uh, so rather than necessarily being restricted by geographic location as has been the case in the pre-covid world we found like people were connecting from like Macedonia to Egypt to America to you know to Britain where 88% of our audience is um, and they were coming together on a regular basis every Tuesday morning at 8 30 to yeah. hear to listen to an incredible speaker learn together but then also connect in a in a new environment uh, it's been the greatest privilege in the world to to run the market to meet up it's uh, you know it's just a great bunch of people coming together to treat each other like people and uh yeah very very lucky to be part of it really no that's that's great i mean i can um yeah i've been on quite a few of the webinars um over the past year and yeah like you, like you mentioned like the lineup has been straight out the gate there's been some huge names on there um so yeah it's been amazing to see and kind of the the chats the interaction between the the kind of the members on on the webinars is um it's not something I've really ever seen on any other type of event. And yeah, 
given who, where I work, you see a, you, I see a lot of events. So yeah, it's, it's testament to the kind well, of the community absolutely. spirit that you've you've built there. Um, absolutely. Well, that, that, and 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 it's not just me. You know, I mean, the most important thing is, and the most important people are the community. I mean, like frankly, if it was just me, you know, it would just be me and the speaker, and we'd just be having a chat. You know, and that'd be fine. But I think the most important thing is that we're doing stuff that benefits other people, and, and they happen to engage with it. Um, hopefully because it's good but i mean they deserve all the credit for turning up with their best foot forward every tuesday and saying you know what we're going to stand up we're going to be counted and we're going to contribute to this event rather than sort yeah. of pass passively observe it uh, i think that's a really important thing and, and and it shouldn't be underestimated how important everyone else is is in this is is definitely not just me well, that's i mean that's a really great um really great take and i imagine it probably redoubles the the amount of engagement that people feel uh, comfortable to to make so okay we've got a load of questions that we've been collecting from uh, from LinkedIn from Twitter Facebook and also from kind of the, the reg pages so mm -hmm. keen to dive into them um, so I've got a few here Joe and we started off as friends hopefully in 40 minutes time we'll still be friends um, <laughs> I'm sure we will be. if not I'll just blame the people who ask the questions that's, <laughs> that's the sense of community I like to put out there you know if, if it goes wrong I can put it on someone else's shoulders um, use them as your safety net yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay so well the, actually this is so this is an email um, came through from uh, Gabriella and She's touching on what we just mentioned about the speakers. So how do you choose the speakers and how do you approach them? Okay, so uh, choosing the speakers is uh, an interesting one because it's something that I, I feel like I'm iterating upon all the time. I don't think there's an answer, so to speak. I think there is just the thing that feels right in that moment. And it's probably a combination of things. The, the, the first is uh, topic. So you want to know uh, what the people are going to be speaking on. Uh, well, in fact, you know what, let me take a step back. The most important thing is the audience, because then that will give you direction on, on where you want to go. So I know for the marketing meetup, then the majority of our audience are marketing managers in companies of one to 20 people. They're likely to be solo marketers or working in a small team. They're likely to know uh, a little about a lot, but not a lot about a little. So therefore, it's my role to provide a little bit of an insight into little worlds that we all operate in, whether it's PPC, SEO, strategy uh, a little bit of inspiration that's my role to provide so basically i've been given a remit by my audience by virtue of who who they are and the types of things that they resonate with uh, so that's step number one uh, because you know what they want uh, you're then able to go out and find topics that they want you to to sort of speak to and the important thing to say here is that if you are not those people then you should ask them so at the beginning of the marketing meetup journey uh, I was the solo marketer. I was the person in the company that was the person that I'm trying to solve the need for today. However, five years on, I am no longer that person. I am a founder in a business. I have founded problems. Um, I do a lot of marketing by virtue of my job, but I'm not a solo marketer working in a small company. I'm a founder working in a small company. So um, the way you can get around that is like this Friday, for example, I've booked back-to-back -back meetings over the course of two days and I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of marketing managers to find out the topics that are interesting to them. Um, I have a hunch, but it's, as marketers, it's not our responsibility to use our own hunches. We're here to benefit other people. So let's do that. So once you know what they want, you can go to the topic. Uh, you can go about it a number of ways. Uh, generally speaking, I'm quite curious about marketing anyway, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time sort of researching it. And LinkedIn is probably the place where I find 
most people so uh, that's probably where I spend a lot of my time um, but then you could also go, go down the route of just an amazing person so um, Mark Ritson for example he could read the dictionary so far as I'm concerned because <laughs> I know he's a phenomenal marketer you know yeah. and, and so um, when I approached him it wasn't could you deliver this talk it's like will you take the time to speak to our community oh by the way what do you want to speak on um, so so I think with those folks then uh, there's there's a degree of, of reliability that you know that they're going to be a good speaker and I think on that front there's a couple of things to consider uh, I think if we're being really honest it should be the other way around but the majority of the talk being quote quote great is actually down to the, the, the delivery of it rather than necessarily the content being presented mm -hmm. there are some people who get away with this but for the most part you can walk away from a brilliantly presented presentation and say that was an amazing hour and then sort of think 10 minutes later well what did i actually learn yeah. <laughs> whereas if if you're sat there and you're bored uh, you know you're bored straight away mm -hmm. and and so you know i tend to sort of have a, a sort of ratio in my mind which is 60% uh, in delivery, 40% in content. Uh, so I will target people who I know can deliver a good talk to. And is, um, is that by kind of looking at, I don't know, YouTube or sign up to some other webinars that they do? How do you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd probably say LinkedIn, Twitter. It probably is social more than anything, but you know, there are within that sort of subsection of people who can deliver a great talk, then they're likely to have already delivered other talks as well. So for example, uh, Asia, who delivered an amazing talk for the marketing meetup last week, uh, I first listened to her speak on Everyone Hates Marketers, so it was a podcast. So uh, that was just like a moment of serendipity where it was like, you know what, I've heard this person, I think they're amazing, let's get in touch and see if they're willing to engage on our platform. And luckily she was. Um, so really, it's a general curiosity about like, uh, what's out there, who's out there, and the topics that you can use to uh, fulfill the needs for your customer. Uh, the second half of this question was all about, um, like, how do you go out about approaching these people? Approach and like, so it's interesting and it's a time and place thing. So for example, when we started with our webinar program 13 months ago, we were in this place, as I mentioned, where 140 events had been canceled just like that. They'd all gone. And we needed to uh, build up some initial momentum and we needed to uh, find some speakers straight away who would be very willing and very able to sort of deliver something incredible. Um, I think I had first movers advantage in that particular scenario because I spent the weekend after I cancelled all my events on March 13th, 2020, getting in touch with speakers who I knew whose events had just been cancelled uh, in person. So, uh, you know, Mr. Ritson, Rory Sutherland, Ram Fishkin, who I know you got speaking in a later episode, they all said yes. And the message that I asked them at, at the time was, uh, I know you don't need to do this, but there's a bunch of people who are really scared right now. And if we can provide them some normality, then, you know, we'll be doing our small bit as marketers because we're not saving the world. You know, we're not like firefighters or nurses. We're, we're just like, you know, we're doing our little bit. So. Uh, that was a message that resonated with those people uh, at that time. If you ask the same message today, it would be a different thing. You know, you'd be saying, hey, look, I've got this community of, you know, in my case, I've got this community of people who are ready and willing 
to, to listen to your message and I just want to put you on my stage. So it's, it's almost, it's a sell, it's a softer sell because I, I've already done the five years of work up front, <laughs> which has sort of earned that right, so, so to speak. But uh, if you're at the beginning of your journey, then there's nothing wrong with a bit of honesty. Uh, you know, uh, an email or even better, you know, let's get creative. But if we start off with the email, you know, hey, Jack, uh, I really love your work. Um, here's why. I want to take 45 minutes of your time and share it with my community. Uh, short and sweet. It doesn't need to be crazy and, and see what they say. And it's amazing how uh, willing folks are to actually engage in those sort of cold pitches. So that's really that's one way of doing it. The other way, which would be my preference, is if you're going for someone at the top of the top, then do something really creative for them. So uh, right now, you know, even in the position where the marketing meetup has 24,000 people in the community, we're getting a well-established defense program. I still have on my desk right here. So we've got some marketing meetup caps on order and I've got nice. some boxes through in the post <laughs> with cool. some yeah. little plaques with which says that's so that says nine of 20. And we've only got 20 caps made and uh, I'm going to put a cap in each of the boxes and send it out to like my dream list of speakers. Awesome. You know, so like uh, whoever you are, you've got that level of creativity at your disposal. That whole program for 20 people is going to cost no more than £10 a head. Yeah. Uh, but if we get, you know, Seth Godin, for example, who will be receiving a cap in the post, then that's an investment well worth making, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's uh, about being creative too. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like that uh, that creative approach, and I think sometimes um, it can be maybe a bit uh, a bit scary trying to think of a you know this big creative approach to catch someone's attention. But yeah, this this way of creating that scarcity, you know, nine out of twenty you just mentioned, that's a, it's a pretty mm -hmm. cool way to to make people feel exclusive and and, and wanted. And Absolutely. for yeah, for not not a lot, is it really? No, it's not a lot. It's not a big investment at all, but. Um yeah, and, and you're right. It can be scary, but at the end of the day, you're not you're not going to gain anything if you don't, you know, if, if you don't head into these things and actually sort of give it a good go. You, you literally lose nothing. Yeah. You know? So it's absolutely fine to give it a go. And in fact, uh, I think there was a quote the other day from a talk which Giles Edwards and Ryan Woolman gave at the marketing meetup, who said that actually, uh, not trying to stand out is is the more dangerous and risky thing to do in our space right now so uh so yeah absolutely go for it cool okay great answer um right i'm just looking <laughs> through the questions and... sorry that was a 14 minute answer <laughs> to uh, I know. question one of 21 so. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to avoid the tricky ones at the end i'm just going to have to bring them up uh, um okay so this is this is possibly my favorite question um, and it's on the topic of the guests uh, so this is from David and he's asked uh, who's been your he says best but let's say your favorite guest and and why <laughs> so someone else asked me this the other day and I'm gonna give the political answer okay but it's also the right answer which is I am doing my absolute best so I'm 12 weeks into being a dad and like this idea of being a good dad or a bad dad, it just doesn't exist in the same way as being a good marketer or a bad marketer doesn't exist in the same way as being a good speaker or a bad speaker doesn't exist. Uh, the truth is it depends what metric you choose. So if we're choosing the metric of who delivered the most practical talk of the marketing meetup over the last 13 months, 
then hands down, it's Mary Owusu, who is head of analytics and SEO at GuruBound, and John Asperian, who did how to not be a LinkedIn loser. Both of those folks were like uh, insanely to the point. Uh, both were eloquent speakers, but both you know were sort of saying, this is exactly what you need to do. This is the URL where you can go and find it. Uh, you can do this action in five minutes and it's going to save you XYZ in time or it's going to make you XYZ in money. You know, it, it was it was it was like a beat a minute, but every every minute was just like dripping in value and gold. Um, so like that, if we're taking the metric of like practicality uh, was like the best talk. If we're speaking in terms of like popularity, then you look at people like Mark Ritson and Rory Sutherland, who, you know, were two of the people who created like the most signups and the biggest buzz around the marketing meetup community right from the off. So we wouldn't have the momentum that we have now if it wasn't for that popularity, you know, of those talks. So uh, in terms of uh, if we're measuring success by popularity, then they're the best. Um, and I could go on, but you know, that that's kind of the answer, you know, it depends what metric you're choosing. So I feel like every, every talk, I mean, for example, another one will be inspiration. So there's a guy called Martin Sibley, who is a disability rights uh, champion who came to speak with Andy from Content Hell. And like Martin's story is just ridiculous. And like is the most inspirational person in the entire world. And you come away and you're like, oh my God, he's phenomenal. You know, like I'm I'm absolutely buzzing enough to speak into him and spending like 10, 15 minutes with him. And like, so that, you know, from an inspiration perspective, that was that was the best. You know, so like um you have to pick your metric. There's no such thing as good as bad. Uh there's just there's just what you need at the time. Every talk is unique, just like every every one of your children is unique. So, uh, <laughs> so. that's a da dangerous subject there. As a, as a father of two, I'm glad no one's asking me which one's my favorite. <laughs> well, you just need to pick the metric, you know, yeah, which, exactly. is your, which is your favorite tallest child, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So it's good. Actually, you mentioned metrics because we had a question around there. It's like, measure the success of your webinars what like what kpis do you use mm -hmm. um so i am the world's fluffiest most emotional <laughs> man so i what i choose to judge success by is probably going to be slightly different to what most folks i would recommend it so let me focus on me and then i'll, I'll sort of give a proper answer okay so, so i judge the success of the marketing meetup not necessarily by the numbers that we we sort of generate by the impact that we make so for example, it doesn't really matter to me, ego aside, whether 600 people turn up for a talk or whether it's 20. I'll probably be a bit bummed out if it's 20, but that's because it's my ego rather than the impact that I can offer. So like if someone walks away and, and I'm quite lucky that it happens a reasonable amount these days, uh, someone will get in touch after a, after a webinar and say, you know, what you're doing is making a difference to me. And that's enough to sort of make the, the hairs on the back of my arm sort of stand up and and my day to be made so you know really that's how i judge my success by um of course there are kpis and stuff like that that you could think about um i think probably a more productive one than signups for the webinar is uh, attendee rate so the marketing meetups attendee rate is about 54 percent 
from sign up to turning up uh i'd love it to be 100 percent because like <laughs> you know and and for for me i always do my level best to turn up for a webinar if uh if i've signed up for it because i know the effort that event organizers go to to putting these together and and like as a quick aside you've done an incredible job at advertising this event and putting the effort in whether it turns out or not you know and i hope it does but even if it doesn't then i think you can know that you've ticked off every base that you possibly could have done to advertise this event so like you know you guys have been phenomenal um so you know but attendance rate is definitely one to look at um what else um so actually uh, one that i've only just implemented on my page um is sign up rate uh, for folks from the registration page to actually signing up so the way that we've done that is through i've got a gravity forms integration on on my wordpress page uh, and it will give you those statistics uh, not everyone does but but that's been a really useful thing because it helps you understand um whether your descriptions are on point and if they're not, if you start seeing a trend where some are better and some are worse, then you can start to curate the topics in the future and so on and so forth. So I don't get too hung up on it. Um, and I do my best to sort of detach myself from the ego, which is the the amount of webinar signups and uh, just try and focus on the impact, I think. Yeah, it's a, yeah I think from doing a few um, webinars and events, certainly, that registration number is the number that you see way ahead of everything else. So that's the one you kind of, you're hooked on. Um, but I feel like certainly with um, with webinars, um, but maybe some of the bigger virtual events where they have multiple sessions, like mm -hmm. the the success or the KPIs can really come from, um, you know, what was the percentage of our target personas? Or, you know, you, you talked about um, most likely to be uh, one to 20 employees, solo marketing manager, you know, by breaking down the registrations by those kind of criteria that can mm -hmm. have that impact that you're looking for. Or, um, you know, if it's a lead generation game, you, you can, you can pull out, um, those t those key target segment, like, uh, personas rather than looking at that big, um, sexy registration number, if you like. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good point. And it requires a bit of legwork. Um, and in truth, I'm probably a really bad person to give advice on that sort of stuff because I, I don't spend an awful lot of time doing that legwork. Um, I, I tend to look at big picture stats and because our so-called conversion point for the marketing meetup is someone turning up for the webinars, you know, we, we don't have a sale at the end of it or something like that. Then we have a slightly different process. Uh, but you are spot on, you know, I, I do think that whether you're in a company of one or a company of a hundred, um, effort is going to be the great leveler. So it's really, really good to sort of step away from those big numbers, as you say, and actually look at the, the impact, uh, the specific people from your target market who turned up, and then also the business impact, because um, I was shied away from using, you know, sort of the business side of marketing, to be honest, um, but I, I'm coming to realize how important it is and, and really, you know, that is our job. So you do need to be looking at those numbers. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones. I mean, you talked about being the fluffiest, most emotional uh, <laughs> man out there. I mean, that's quite a quite a claim to make. Um, I try. I'll, I don't want to uh, get too competitive, but you know, um, <laughs> it's, only what my, it's only what my wife said. So uh, I'm, I'm, quote, I'm quoting rather than bestowing myself with the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Alex has uh, asked a question. Um, 
which is like how do you drive signups like what do you what are you doing to to get people to 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 register for for the webinars so um driving signups is is uh, a challenge and i have the advantage that i'm not coming at this from a standing start um so let me first speak to um when you don't have an audience because then i can better speak to when you do so uh, when the marketing meetup was first getting going, then um, it was a lot of manual work. It was a lot of manual outreach, mostly via LinkedIn. Uh, but one of the advantages I had was through target markets and knowing exactly who I could help the best. And therefore, I was able to spend time looking for those people. Uh, and I'm kind of doing this retrospectively now, but uh, it's a really important step, I think. Know the people you can help the most and then look to help them. Uh, so... If I was starting with my time again, I would say I'm doing this event. It will be for these people. It will be beneficial for these reasons. And uh, then I would go out to LinkedIn and write those reasons to 100, 200 people within your very specific target market saying, I'm building this thing for you, You know whether it's free or not, but like the benefits will be this. I'm not asking you to do anything except for turn up. Um, and that was how the marketing meetup got started. That was how we gained that initial traction was literally through a bit of elbow grease, bit of outreach, taking the time to help very specific people. Don't automate it. You know, make sure you're actually making sure that the people you want to help are the people you're messaging um, and, and literally just go through and, uh, and get in touch with as many people as you can. Uh, second after that is word of mouth. Now, word of mouth is how the marketing meetup has grown uh so much over these past few years and like it goes back down to that sense of community that it's not just me that's done this stuff uh it's the whole community that's created this spirit uh, what i would say is that it is really important that when you get people come along to your things that you ask them to tell people and the reason why i say that is that there's been a marked difference in the follow-up emails from the marketing meetup where we've asked people to share something versus the times we haven't and you see it on youtube all the time you know where people sort of say make sure you like share and subscribe and and you're like oh come on you know but actually you know i'm sure i'm absolutely sure that like uh, if they didn't do that then there will be an x percentage of people who would never choose to sign up uh so uh that's that's really important um and generally speaking, if you're doing something good and in the spirit of helping people, they're willing to help you back because they've recognized that the thing you're doing is for their benefit and they want to help other people because you've decided that's the spirit that you want to start with. Uh, the, third, the third channel that's going to be really important is email. And this is where the not coming from a standing start really helps. Um, so for me, like the reason why I've admitted speaking about uh, meetup.com is that's how that was the platform that we used in the first instance um but we didn't own any of the data so five years on when no one is using meetup.com anymore that data is effectively useless to us the way you get around that is via email um here you're looking to provide something that's really really valuable uh so we we do advertise our events via email quite a lot uh but then we also take the time to provide genuine value-led email that's like, you know what, this is really, really useful. So a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, a dissection of the European Super League 
that went out as a email loop uh, exclusive. It was a bit of content. There was no like call to action or anything like that. It was just like, here, we, here you are, here's this thing. Again, I'll be doing the same this week. Um, I won't be advertising the event. I'll be writing about how the Mona Lisa became famous and stayed famous from a marketing perspective. And that comes down to knowing my audience, keeping them engaged and sort of building up this momentum from, uh, from every event. So there we've covered three channels. We've covered, uh, we've covered uh, email, covered word of mouth, and we've covered just like outreach. Like if you're doing those three things uh, simultaneously, then you're probably on your way to sort of building a, a sense of momentum, which is then so, so important. Uh, the last thing I'd say on that point is one about regularity. So it's always been very important to me with the marketing meetup that we have like a regular time on a regular day and by all means test it and we have them recently. Uh, but people know when to turn up and they say that, you know, I wake up on a Tuesday morning and this is the time that the marketing meetup happens. Um, that's really beneficial because if you're doing an event here and there and stuff like that, People don't know when to be looking out for you. And if they don't know when to be looking out for you, then you're going to be starting from cold every time. So I think if you can sort of build up that regularity, um, then that's that's really important. One final, final thing, um, and you've been really, really good at this, is asking your speakers to also help advertise the event. So leverage other people's networks. And that can work in two ways. It can be your speakers or you can partner with organizations. We've done both. Um, so we have sponsored relationships with people like recruiters and people like marketing qualifications companies. So uh, brand recruitment, pitch consultants and Cambridge Marketing College. Uh, every one of those, the relationships with those, those organizations to start off with was all about, we'll treat you as a sponsor uh, in return for you helping us get the word out. So that was, that was really good. And that was me going out with a value add for them to start off with. We'll treat you as a sponsor in return for this. It wasn't a, would you mind distributing this to your community, which is what most people do. Uh, the second thing is to leverage speakers networks if they're willing to. Um, so you've been great in that you've kept on me. So like, and I, I mean that in the most positive sense. So you, you've done a much better job at this than I do. Because uh, generally speaking, I'll do one half, half-hearted ask, like, would you mind sharing this with the community? And if they don't, I don't ask again. Something you've done really, really well. <laughs> and I, I, I mean this in the most genuine of senses, is that I think you've asked me like four or five times if I'll share this with the community. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I've shared it twice on my LinkedIn. I've yeah. retweeted every tweet that you've done and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, so far as tapping into my community, then I've done as much as I can within the realms of my personal ability to do so. Um, but I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't kept on me and, and carried on asking because, you know, I speak at I've got three events in the next week or whatever. Um, but this will be the one that I advertise the most because you've done that. So, so that's also uh, something that's really important. Oh, that's interesting to hear. And I, I think the, um, I think one thing that probably I've not actually done is the, is that more individual outreach piece mm -hmm. to, yeah. to try and gain that uh, maybe sense of community and that momentum from the start. That's, yeah, that's not something that I've um, really looked at before, but yeah, really interesting, especially when you can target your, you know, who it's for so mm -hmm. tightly that you can make the message really relevant to them. And yeah, that's, that sounds like a, like a really great way. Uh, and then 
I guess the word of mouth really kind of attaches to to that piece as well. So yeah, I like I like that. That's definitely that's one I'll be uh, scribbling down. Uh, we've got had some questions um, from the audience. So uh, Chris, uh, I feel I feel like I'm. I know Chris is watching. Hi, Chris. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think the future of offline versus online events looks like? Are you keen to get back to offline or well, he says or dot dot dot, but you mean are you looking at doing a mixture or? Yeah. Yes. So I think the general consensus is that it'll be a hybrid approach. Um, I think over the past 12 months, and this isn't just me, then then um, communities have become global. You know, so I was speaking to someone else who was running events the other day and no longer is their event just restricted to London in their case and, and the locations that we run events in, in our case. Um, you know, all of a sudden we've got an audience that is around the world and we need to make sure that they're included because uh, they're all an amazing addition to our community. So it would be ridiculous to exclude them. So I think there's a there's a keenness to get back to in-person events. I'd say that it would probably take a different shape to what it did before. So, for example, I think certainly in the first instance, so the first six months or so, um, our in-person events will be less content laden and more focused on networking. Um, and the reason why I say that is that I think people are keen to meet one another and like the thought of being sat in a room uh, for the delivery of a talk where you're sat next to people and you're just like, I want to meet people. It, it would feel like a shame to have them sat down for an hour uh, in that particular scenario. So with the marketing meetup, I'm toying at the moment with having one talk. So it's still got a focus for the night. Uh, but then there's more time for networking. We probably won't have a buffet because like there's a thing about germs right now, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, yeah. that feels a bit weird. So yeah. like we probably won't do that in the first instance, but we'll, we'll still have drinks. So it'll probably be a lot more informal, uh, a lot more network driven than mm -hmm. content driven, uh, but definitely hybrid in terms of also live stream. So people can get access to the content if they want to from around the world. I think, uh, for us personally, the marketing meetup ran on a monthly schedule in each of our locations. I think we're likely down to go down to uh, a, an event every two months um, mm -hmm. and then into sort of weaving webinars into that schedule right. uh, a lot more. So we might have, you know, it's almost a month on month off sort of schedule. So yeah. content is still being delivered, um, but each event has a more defined purpose then you know, you're here to do both of those things, if that makes sense. I guess it's the thought, because there, there were um, kind of regional uh, style events, yeah. how, how do you see the, the live streams working? Is it kind of from one venue or have you not yeah. really touched it's, it's hard to say really, mm. you know, because um, it, it, it's just hard to say, because I think when you're, so the marketing meetup organizers are, are volunteers, Right. Um, so I've got to be careful that I don't want to place an unfair burden upon all of them as well, you know, to sort of say, you know, you need to do this, 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 and this, you yeah. need this, 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 and equipment, you know, to the point where they're put off. Because the most important part of all of this, and we can't forget that, is, is that uh, people who come to enjoy the event are there to enjoy the event, you know, and, uh, and a host is a big part of that. And if they're flustered or not having a nice time, then uh, everyone stands to lose. So I think we've got to be practical about these things and sort of say, you know, like uh, we'll live stream 
events where possible um but we won't necessarily have it as a hard and fast rule uh, but for those people who are comfortable in doing that then we'll sort of look to do it uh, the interesting thing about it will be then about like channels so like do you do it in the facebook group for example so um that seems like it might be a sensible way for us to live stream our events but then do you treat it more like a webinar where for example we um you know where we where we put on zoom and and broadcast it out like that uh, my gut feel tells me that like in either case we'll make the content available afterwards so people won't necessarily miss out on the content it's just about figuring out the best way to do it both in terms of practice well mostly in terms of practicality and resource than anything um because yeah. yeah. uh i'm the only full-timer on the marketing meetup so a lot of it falls on my shoulders so yeah, and I guess I mean it doesn't have to be the solution the first time round, does it? There can be different ways to 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 experiment and and engage. You know, you're talking about kind of getting that feedback from the community, and I'm sure they'll tell you if something is uh, is working really well, and equally let you know if something's kind of not going quite right. So yeah, absolutely, and 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 sometimes people just vote with their feet as well. You know, even if people don't tell you, sometimes you just know. You know, and and uh, the 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 challenge there is to make sure that you're looking for the objective truth rather than the ego truth which is if you're providing value to 10 15 people is this activity worth doing um and probably the answer is yes you know so um unless it's it's ridiculous you know so um removing your ego and, and sort of looking at the the objective is really important Cool. Okay. Um, right. Just keep an eye on time. So we've probably got time for uh, a couple more questions. Um, so this one. Um, so this is from uh, Ashatosh. And how f how far ahead do you plan your webinar series? And then also, how far ahead should you plan for webinar series? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the the second one is easier to answer. Um, so the best advice that I ever got given was by my dad, who said never give advice. Um, so I don't give advice. And, and, I, and I think the reality is that there's no right amount of time to plan a webinar or whatever. You know, you need as much time as you need. So like it depends on your context, your situation. Um, for me, the interesting thing about that question is more about like how signups work. So in the old world, uh, the in-person world, you would sort of see like a U-shape. So you would get a, a peak of signups at the beginning uh, that would dip right down. And then towards the end, you would get like another peak of signups. So like that was that shape. In the, in the webinar world, I see far more of a J-shape, which is you get a bit of a peak at the beginning and then it dips and then you get a massive peak at the end, far bigger than the original peak. So... Uh, what that tells me is that people are signing up for webinars far later than they would do in-person events for obvious reasons that they don't need to travel, etc. So um, the implication there is that presumably one could organise an event uh, a lot shorter and a lot closer to the time uh, than you would an in-person event. Uh, for me, I prefer to work things uh, in seasons. So... I've already planned the season that's going to be running from June through to July. Uh, so that's eight weeks ago, away or so, or well, six weeks away. Um, and the important reason for that really is just about giving myself time and space to do like the admin, the boring admin of like the website and like the follow-ups and, and like 
mainly website stuff if i'm honest but you know it's that sort of stuff which like uh there's this module on my website with each event and i had to just replicate that 21 times because i was running 21 events you know in a row so like um it's that kind of stuff so you know if you can give yourself more time it's better to do it but i don't think there's a set amount of time that you need to do it just give yourself enough breathing room to actually uh to actually be able to market it and do the boring logistics i guess certainly from some of the stuff that we've seen well from this um this series unmuted and um some of our kind of client events definitely seen registrations fall um like closer and closer to the time mm -hmm. um, versus a year year and a half ago um so it's i think as people have whether the, the you know the discovery is different whether the people's promotion is is different perhaps but yeah certainly we're seeing registrations come a lot closer to the to the live date than than we did before so yeah your, your kind of your, the j shape that you mentioned certainly resonates with um some of maybe the wider picture that we see from different mm. industries as well mm. yeah i think the the very important thing about that is is don't stop marketing your event until the last minute um because you will you will grab those last minute people signing up. I, I was speaking on the phone today with someone who said, "Oh, I only saw today that you're doing a webinar, and I'm going to make sure you're coming to it." You know, and that was like two hours ago or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it definitely works out that way. Yeah, As, certainly with the social uh, algorithms, you end up kind of liking someone's post and seeing that it was from seven days ago on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's oh, <right>. it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. So just looking at the time. Um, this one was one I wanted to ask. Uh, so, uh, if one thing would make your life easier running a webinar series, what would it be? Uh, it probably is the boring logistical bit. So if I think about when I run my own events, then I have to, um, what are the steps that I do? So from a speaker curation point of view, then I've got the email to ask them to speak. I've then got to provide them with some information. I've then got to provide them joining information. I've got to set up a Zoom event. I've got to send two to three emails about it. I've got to set up on the website in three different places. Uh, and then replicate that uh, uh, depending on, on the amount of events that I'm running. So, you know, I could end up with like anywhere between like 120 to 240 repetitive actions that could possibly be automated. Um, so I think there's there's a bulk of actions which just kind of need to happen because like one solution couldn't manage them all. But, you know, like that's that's a reality and it's just part of being in a small team, I guess. So really that's the thing that would take away most of the stress but like in terms of the rest of it, it it's all right it's an absolute pleasure really you know i mean the joy of of events is that you bring people together and you have a nice time and you have a laugh and you learn and you, you know that's that's what a great event is so you know it doesn't need to be more complicated than that so when you actually come to running the events uh it's just a pleasure. The only last thing I'd say would be like connectivity issues and stuff like that. But what can you do about that? It's, 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 it's yeah. 2021, isn't it? So uh, I, I think everyone kind of understands if if that's the case. It's, you know, everyone's been through that situation. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more uh, tolerance and leniency now to to the colleague who always drops off mid conclusion <laughs> or something it's like so that. True. It's um, so true. <laughs> that's I mean, I was just thinking there about um, the range of 
speakers that you've had on your events like that's you know that's amazing for the community to listen to but if i think about that and i think i was counting them up the other day there's like 45 or so mm-hmm. but you've spoken to 45 of like the top marketing leaders there is out there i mean what a unique opportunity that is to to kind of ask questions speak to them I and mean, that's just amazing on a personal kind of personal front that must be pretty cool absolutely it's a privilege i pinch myself every day you know it's like it's it's a bonkers situation and like i don't know i you know it's not normal life in a way um but it i'm working on being proud of myself you know and so um i know that it's been hard work to get to this point and stuff like that so like to a certain extent it's been uh it's been good and I should congratulate myself, but on another, it's like, it's just been such a community effort. You know, if the community hadn't shared it, there'd be no one in it, <laughs> you know? So like, it's just been a team effort really. So, you know, I'm lucky to have been the front person to have spent the time with those people. But like, I just hope the people watching have also got so much value from it because that's that's the point, right? You know, if they don't turn up, then then what's the point? I mean, well, as, as a member of, of that community watching the webinars definitely think it's been a, an amazing two three seasons that you've been putting on and like the, you, the speakers that you get i listened to one that really sticks out was um done with uh, carrie rose and oh, yeah. i don't know if it was like the velocity of the presentation <laughs> but it was yeah it was one of those where you're trying to make notes and you're burning holes in your notepad because she was <laughs> like yeah she was on fire just uh, she, she was, was amazing she, and she was actually she was the perfect mix of of both uh presentation and content um you know so like she was a, a 50 50 person mm. in, in that way so uh yeah she, she was amazing she was really really cool and thank you for being part of it as well you know i appreciate it man. No, oh, no, that's that's uh, that's no problem. Um, right, so I'll keep an eye on time, and uh, we said it'd be forty-five minutes. So, kind of keen to to kind of keep to that, and so I just want to say thank you, Joe. Um, we've got a, kind of some other questions as well, so maybe we can kind of get back to those on on email afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to thank you for kind of giving up your your time to answer some of these questions, give a bit of insight into uh, how the last thirteen months has been for. The market and meetup so yeah thanks so much for joining pleasure mate thank you for having me thanks for listening to this episode of unmuted if you liked it we have plenty more that cover so many different topics around running better online events each with a different expert from the marketing and events world or you can head over to unmuted-show.com to watch the full video series version and get the most out of this content We'd also love to hear your thoughts on the series, so please give us a follow on social at unmuted underscore show and send your thoughts our way. Hope to see you all on the next episode.